It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's up, Bulls Nation? Welcome into the CHGO Bulls Podcast, presented to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated sports book. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Full house today. Welcome in. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Big Dave is at Bow, B-A-W-L Sports, with a dope Bulls hat. Is that a new Bulls hat, Dave? Oh, man, I've had this hat probably five or six times, and you've seen it all the time. So, yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> it's just very shiny and reflective while we're doing this in two dimensions. I haven't noticed that before. I mean, I'm sure you're doped up on a lot of things right now, so I'm not going to hold I it am. to you, bro. So I'm going to let it go. It's you all tell good, I'm man. simultaneously podcasting and sucking on a cough drop. <laughs> <laughs> Will the Go Gottlieb is Will underscore Gottlieb. And joining us, the fourth member of our crew, it's Mark Carazolis, MK Hoops on Twitter. Mark, what's up, pal? How are things? Oh, I'm I'm well, guys. I'm just thinking, should I change my last name to Kent? What do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna get that reference, but we do. That's fine. No, oh, I don't. No, even I think get you it. should I don't change it to Bogans. <laughs> Mark I'm well, Bogan guys, I'm well. sounds better to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't don't know about that one. Maybe Patrick Williams should change his name to that. Ooh, seemingly getting that hey, short, uh, that hey, rotational shift. At the hey, hot. Ten <laughs> points last night, Mark. Ten How many rebounds? Double figures. How many rebounds? Two assists? Wow. He actually played basketball last night. Nah, look, I'm not going to trash basketball. Pat today. I'm not going to trash Pat today. Let's, let's talk about other stuff. Too many good vibes. Uh, hope everybody out there in Bulls Nation is enjoying a victory Thursday. Bulls off today before a Friday, Saturday, back-to-back. Um... Some fun stuff to talk about today. We want to dive a little bit further into just what we've seen from Nikola Vucevic, the Bulls' big man who, despite, once again, some slumpy shooting numbers, is, is doing a lot of other really positive things for the Bulls on the floor in their 3-2 and two start. Also wanted to take a look around the league now that we're a week-plus into the season and talk about a few different teams that are caught our that have caught our eye for both good and bad reasons. Uh, but we wanted to start today's show with some fun, silly nonsense. Some of it being the Pacers' uh, actions at the end of last night's game, and some of it being a Bulls legend um, charging an arm and a leg for a game of horse, apparently. 
Um, so, but let's start with the end of Bulls Pacers last night. Joey, do you have this tweet that was from the Twitter official Pacers Twitter account after last night's game with the caption, you know, it's not over. There you go. There you see it. And it is the Rook, Benedict Matherin. Uh, instead of letting Dalen Terry just run out the clock on the game's final possession, stealing the ball and trying to get himself a two, uh, a quick bucket. I mean, we, we briefly touched on this as we wrapped last night's postgame, Dave, but I wanted to revisit it just because I am usually not one who is a fan of the whole, like, unwritten rules thing when it comes to either, you know, basketball or, or baseball and the whole, like, throwing at guys, pitchers and batters and all that, the unwritten rules stuff. This, to me, was Bush League nonsense. Um, I saw somebody in my replies with a very astute point of, like, Clip that situation on its head. If Dalen Terry went and dunked the ball in that meaningless last possession, you'd think the Pacers would have been pleased about that. Uh, so I'm just curious. And, Will, I haven't gotten your take on this, Mark. I haven't gotten yours uh, either. So what do we think about this? I, I know that Vooch was talking to him at the free throw line last night, clearly dis- uh, you know, expressing his displeasure with that. Bush League, bother you or don't care? Mark, what about you? I- I'm not – just as a general principle, I'm not against unwritten rules. But this one I could not give a shit about. Like, I, I don't understand why this is a rule. Like, who, who created this unwritten rule? Why is it an unwritten rule? Why do we care so much about it? I don't know. I've never understood this specific one. Maybe there's other ones out there that I you could maybe talk me into. into. Like, but for this particular one, I, I just don't really care. And But having said that, I do appreciate that people do care. That way I can then sit back and laugh at them. And Look, I, I do enjoy when you get mad at things, Matt, and in this particular case I, I specifically like this one when you when i saw your tweet around this and, and when you guys were talking about it yesterday i was like okay cool like I don't, I don't i don't care but it's good content for me to just consume in that sense did he think like the the draft king spread on this game was like 20 instead of two like the pacers i think were two two and a half point dogs come into this game i don't yeah i mean like as a general rule of thumb, I just don't care about this kind of stuff. And yeah. I think that's that's fair to say that that's kind of the answer for me on this one. It's definitely annoying, but yeah, I don't like, I don't take offense to it. It's just like, dude, you're down 20. Like, what, what are we doing here? Like, we're just like, in the game for no reason. Let's, let's hit the locker room. Let's go home. Minus seven. And they were down 14. So even if you were trying to do something along the lines of the line of that game, it was out of reach. He like bought some points or something. Like, what, what are we doing here? Oh, <laughs> uh, honestly, it, it. I'm with you. Honestly, it didn't bother me at all. Um, the only thing that it didn't bother me until I saw the Pacers retweeting, "It ain't over," and I was like, "That's some <laughs> that's some loser team shit." Like, I was yeah, like, "Why are y'all doing that?" Like, yeah, it was that, over. That's what bothered me. Like, yeah, exactly. It was done. Like, what is it? It ain't over. You're There's seven seconds left. Guys. We're down. Eight. And you don't stop playing until the clock goes off. It was, you know, I don't. It was stupid to me, like to see the tweet. That bothered me more than the actual play, like because yeah. I saw it and I was like, okay, all right, he did that, and I was like, well, cool. Daylon Terry and him are now, you know, getting into it with each other. I like the fire. I liked all that stuff about it. You know what I mean? But after I saw the Pacers tweet, that's what it bothered me because I would have been pissed if the Bulls had did something like that. Because that is what loser teams do. Like, nobody cares that you were down 14 and got a steal and tried to score. Like, it meant nothing. And that's the yeah. only thing that bothered me about it. But overall, I, I promise you, I could have cared less. 
I don't um, think it was as bad as I mean it definitely wasn't as bad as when the Bucks tweeted the Grayson Allen gif after Caruso. Yeah. No, that's uh, different. Yeah. Clearly. Grayson like yeah. killed yeah. Caruso. Not get started, don't don't get was, Matt yelling. He's not like, feeling well. Don't do that. <laughs> but like that was that was like disgusting. Whereas this yeah. was just like all right, this is like what a 18 team, 18 win team has to do in order to like exactly, exactly get through the season because th- it's going to be a long one for them. Uh, we no, have uh, conflicting yeah, opinions yeah. in the comments. D Life HD saying it's a dumb rule, play to the final whistle. <laughs> AK saying he thought it was silly and the outcome was settled. I mean, I, it's not a dumb unwritten rule in my opinion. What what are you going to do? What what if what if Matherin or Dalen Terry gets hurt on that play? Because you know Dalen Terry was pissed. That Matherin pulled that BS. And then so he's like, all right, well, I'm going to foul you and not give you these two easy free points. What if one of those guys gets hurt on that completely meaningless play at the end of the game? It's stupid. And that's why that unwritten rule is there. And it's the same reason why the unwritten rule of don't dunk on the final possession if you're up by double digits at the end of a game in the final seconds, because it's unnecessary and it's in poor taste. It's bad sportsmanship. And like, I'm sorry if Matherin is a rookie trying to be like, I got to prove myself. I got to prove to Coach Carlisle that I'm going to keep fighting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can't remember if it was Stacy or or Adam, but one of them pointed out in that broadcast that Carlisle has a tendency to be one of those coaches whose guys will not quit, will not quit until that final whistle. And you saw the Pacers keep trying and trying to get back in that game. Credit to them. But how about prove it earlier in the game before the game's outcome was already decided? Because that, if I'm a coach, doesn't show me jack shit. All it shows me is that you're a bushly guy trying to pull some BS nonsense at the end of a meaningless game. But like, he, no, see, Matherin's averaging twenty over twenty yeah, points per game in his right, first five. Games. What, what, are you, what are you trying to prove here, dude? Like, but like, get it. You're a very good we score, and it, like, it's something. clearly it's clearly the Arizona thing with Dalen. Well, that's, and that's like, exactly what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, it's whatever. Like, I get it. Whatever. I agree that like, if an injury had occurred then it's probably a different story. And so maybe like the process is more important than the results on, on that one. But it's just like, a, it just is annoying to me. No, this is like in football when guys are how are up like 56 to nothing and they're still trying to go for a touchdown and then teams get mad about it. And I'm like, what the hell did you do for the first 56 points then? Like, why didn't you get mad they're about da- it? Yeah, they're I down, don't care. And they get a field goal and then I they don't do an care. Kick. I don't, and then, I don't and then care. you know that 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 shit that Matherin did was the equivalent of so, like a D lineman in you know okay we're in victory formation we're about to take the last knee of the game to kill the last you know seconds of the clock trying to like make something happen by like shoving an offensive lineman across from them on a kneel down it's like yeah, dude you already yeah. lost the game this is not the time yeah now that stuff is stupid game. now that stuff is stupid Matt do you remember when they played when the Bears played Green Bay I can't remember the player but the line, the Green Bay Packers were kicking the crap out of the Bears fourth quarter and the guy gets a sack on Aaron Rodgers and does a celebration and then Lamar. in the midst of his celebration yeah Lamar Houston in the Lamar midst of his Houston. celebration he tears his ACL and he's out mm-hmm. for the year because he was <laughs> celebrating on a meaningless Jeez. dumbass sack That's like like it's that no I hear you I feel you on that kind of thing right there but him just playing the and, and getting a steal against a dude that he came up in college with and doing it like that it didn't bother me at all. And I, I bet you next time, Dalen Terry is going to be focused on that kind of thing. Like, he's not going to be l- lackadaisical with his dribble anymore when it comes to that kind of thing. So I took that as the learning experience. But, no, the Pacers saying it's not over just bothered me more because it just sounded like loser shit. And that's what bothered me more than anything. <laughs> yeah. is, is it worse when 
like the losing team does this. Like, for example, like obviously in this instance, Matherin does it. He steals the ball. He gets two points. It's irrelevant to the actual outcome. But like role reversal, if Dalen did this and the Bulls end up winning by an extra two points, are we? how do we feel about that? Like we're talking about this from a sportsmanship point of view. I would imagine that's worse in that instance if you're up and you sort of rub it in the face there. Like in this yeah. case, like to I, I completely agree with Dave. I, I agree with Laro in the comments here as well. Like, these dudes were, were friends in high school. If Will's dribbling at half court and there's 10 seconds left, I'm going to be hassling his ass just trying to steal the ball off him and make him look like a goose, even though in, you're not, in doing you're so, not I look like an animal. <laughs> your your handle's loose, me. mate. I, I'm sure your handle's <laughs> loose. So I'm sure I can take it away. But I, I just don't think it's that big a deal. I don't care. But also, like, role reversal, would we, would we be banging on about it if Dalen did it? I, I don't think we would be. I, I would call him out for doing something Bush League if it was but Dalen. Would Darius we have an, a, a segment on the next day? <laughs> but like the, I think the issue here is more the tweet than the play, right? Yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree. For yeah. me, it is. Yeah, for me it is. It's it's the tweet that bothered me more. Than, and, and then Matt's tweet was even oh. more brilliant. Like it was over. Like, <laughs> yes, it was. It's done. Sorry to it's, tell you guys. It's done. Like, guys, uh, oh, we lost by 12 instead of 14. Great. Let's go to the day. Oh, right. God. Although I was God. wondering about some people who would maybe bet the live, you know, over under of that game. Um, because it, I believe that the, sure. the before the game started, the over under was like two thirty three and a half, and then that those final free throws from Matherin, I believe they were at like two thirty one. So some people probably had money on the line with those meaningless free throws that were very un, unhappy about it. Um, anyway, just wanted to revisit that because we didn't really talk about it last night, and I know Bulls Twitter was uh, interested in some of the things that the Pacers were doing and tweeting. Uh, shout out to our guy Debo the Black Panther who was hanging out with us post game last night here in the super chats and go Bulls. Uh, and as Mark said, our guy Laro hanging out in the comments as well. Um, real quick, guys, Met Laro last on. night at the game. Shout out to you, Laro. Hey, and uh, Salim, right? And Salim, <laughs> gems, gems, both in the Bulls podcasting family. Uh, real quick, Bulls injury update did just come through the Bulls injury report. Zach is as many of us expected he might be questionable tomorrow night left knee injury management um front end of a back-to-back i would not be surprised if zach doesn't play tomorrow but there it is officially on the injury report zach questionable you guys have yeah, any sit, sit the away game against the the poor team come back on saturday at home against the sixers i have no problems there it's not his night it's just that simple it's demar's night and so yeah you sit that one out it's about demar DeRozan tomorrow why do you say yeah. that dave tell the yeah. people Oh, uh, because he reaches the 20,000 points. Playing. Yeah, reaching the 20,000 points. Uh, he's about seven points away uh, playing against the Spurs. And, you know, Greg Popovich, who obviously, who obviously meant a lot to him um, when he, during his time there when he, he was on the Spurs. And, yeah, that's it's his night, man. And he spoke about it already, how he wants to do this against Greg Pop, how cool it would be to do that uh, in front of Pop. So, it's a big deal for him, man. It's his night. Zach can have a seat, you know what I'm saying, and just relax. And, yeah, it's all about DeMar getting his 20000 Definitely. And, and he will. I'll look at, and I thought he was going to get um, last night. All right. Uh, I'm glad he saved it. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be cool to for him and for Pop that he'll get to make that huge call uh, in San Antonio. All right, guys, real quick. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but it was going around Twitter today. Um, Bulls legend, Hall of Famer, one of the 75 greatest players of all time, six-time NBA champ. 
uh, is apparently teaming up with Neiman Marcus uh, to sell a day with Scotty and Scotty Jr. Um, and <laughs> in case you haven't seen it, uh, Joy, I think I gave you a couple of screenshots from the Neiman Marcus website. Here you go. An all-star moment. Legendary basketball matchup with the Pippins. Check that price tag. I get it. It's a bunch of threes because Scotty Pippen was number 33. $333,000. What? And it's like, okay, so you get to play a little two-on-two with Scotty and Scotty Jr. And then you get to have a meal with them and then have a little bit of Scotty's bourbon that he made after dinner. And then he will sign you a personalized copy of his autobiography, Unguarded, that came out after The Last Dance so that Scotty could tell his side of the story. That sounds like a cool event for any Scotty Pippen fans and any Bulls fans out there. $333,000. Am I insane? Who's spending <laughs> that kind of money to spend an afternoon with Scotty and Scotty Jr.? Well, I mean, so I don't see, know how much the problem. Here, here. you guys, but uh, I've got the coin. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is this is absurd. This is ridiculous. And whoever pays for this is an absolute moron. But hopefully they do that. I can t- I can tell you who will, who can pay for it. Jerry Reinsdorf. He's uh the NBA valuations came in today. Bulls are number four on the list at four point one billion dollars. And that's a, a whole tax segment. payments coming back. So they're, they're getting money every year in the on the tax bill. So I think you can probably afford it. I like it. You segued it into a dig. That was that was different. I had to. <laughs> that, I mean, was was different. that was through. different. That was different. I'll say, man, look, I'm scared of this because I think first of all, why is Scottie Pippen Jr. there? Step one. Second of all, I'm not nobody's paying any money to see him. No disrespect <laughs> to him, but nobody's paying no money to see Junior. All right. They want to see Scottie Pippen. My thing is, I think Scotty couldn't get MJ to agree to do the two on two (laughs) game with Scotty. I think, I think they're doing it like this because Scotty isn't going to be hanging around. I think Scotty's just going to do the bare minimum, and you're going to spend most of your time with Scotty Junior. So he'll he'll show (laughs) up, he'll hand you a bottle of that moonshine that he's selling, he'll sign (laughs) your book. And then you might not, he's not going to play. You're not going to play Scotty Pippen. You know what I mean? He's going to, have his son play against you, you know, maybe give you a tour of the house or something, but it's going to be the bare minimum from Scottie Pippen. And I think most of this time will be spent with Scottie Pippen Jr. Seriously. Seriously, people, please do not pay for this. I would love to see some report come out and that just says nobody did it. Nobody paid for it. It didn't happen. (laughs) Somebody somebody reported on. Yeah. Somebody do this, please. I need to see pictures. I want to know. (laughs) I want to know. I, and I know some people are making their jokes about like, oh, Scotty's, you know, paying alimony or, you know, desperate for money, needs this money. Um, it does say on Neiman Marcus's website that Scotty is donating 100% of his proceeds, which is 278000 of that 333000 mm-hmm. to the Shy Prep Academy, a non-for-profit mm-hmm. program that promotes high standards of academics, entrepreneurship, and athletics uh, here in Chicago. So Scotty's not making any money off of this. So I guess it's just Neiman Marcus that makes money off of this. And why? Why do we need to give Neiman Marcus more money? 
I don't know. I'm wondering what Scotty yeah. gets out of this then now. Like, is it do you have to buy some of his drink? Do you I don't I don't get what you, or maybe you bought the book and you're bringing it to him to autograph for you. I don't I don't know what yeah. Scotty gets out of this right here. Books like 20 bucks and it, it's already on the bestseller list. So I'm I'm sure Scotty's already making buckets of money on that book. Yeah, I'm sure he is, man. I'm sure he is. Wow. But 270, so the rest wants... of that is for his son. That's interesting. Go ahead. Well, maybe he just wants to connect with his son and just have a nice moment with his son. Just a, a good Father's Day uh, type activity with some stranger who pays $330,000 or whatever it is. But, uh, I mean, you probably should have led with that, Matt, because I, I feel bad now for maybe trashing this event. <laughs> yeah, Matt. Yeah, you did bury the lead, Matt. You did bury the lead, right? Sorry, <laughs> You see him, Will, making digs at the front office, and you're like, well, that money's going remain. to charity. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean, I, I think I, I didn't bury it on purpose, but some of these other things that Scotty's been getting up to in the last few years, his bourbon, the book, I think those things very much were about Scotty making money. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Yeah, True. No question. That's question. He's not playing in that game, though. I stand by that. There's no, there's no way he's playing in that game, man. There's no way. Absolutely not. Scotty Pippen Jr. will will be giving you the business yeah. in that one right there. Absolutely. And dogs one, cats two in the comments. Of course, had to throw in that no tipping Pippen nickname. Poor no guy. Tipping man. Pippen. Oh man. Ouch. I remember those uh, days. All right, that's uh, that's it. That's the silliness for today. Uh, moving on, we're going to dive into Vooch next uh, and talk about what he's been doing well on the floor for the Bulls, uh, but. First, today's episode brought to you guys by our wonderful friends at Shady Rays, who never understood why sunglasses were so expensive. So they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. Best part about Shady Rays, they've got the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Dropped in the lake, off a cliff, throw them because you're mad at the Bulls for losing. Doesn't matter. They'll replace them. Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. They stand behind their product and told our team if anyone has a problem, they throw profit out the window and do what it takes to make it right. Free returns and exchanges. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay you to ship them back. Simple mm. as that. And exclusively for our CHGO listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use promo code CHGO and you will get 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. That's buy one, get one. Or, Dave, another way to call that, BOGO. Hey! BOGO! Love the buy one, get one. Two pairs for as low as $54 total. With that promo code CHGO, redeem only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all their newest and best shades. Mm, I like that. Newest and best shades at Shady Rays. I got a new favorite number. My favorite number is usually seven, but I got a new one. That new favorite number is 75. Why? Because that's how many high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, or superfoods, probiotics, and oh my God, all the way down to my man Marquette in Australia, the adaptogens, ladies and gentlemen. 
helps you start your day correctly. It's AG1. It's Athletic Greens. That's special malignant ingredients that support your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, and your aging. All those things you want to take care of. Costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in yourself. You're getting all those different supplements. You don't have to do that no more. It's cheaper than doing that. All-in-one nutritional insurance. That's what Athletic Greens is, y'all. It's vegan. It's dairy-free. It's gluten-free. Less than one gram of sugar. No GMOs. No nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And it does all this while still tasting amazing. Y'all already know what it's done for the goat. How it keeps the hair perfectly quaffed. How it keeps them on point. But look what it's doing for that man over there that they call Meat Peck. Matt Peck! It is hooking him up. He's got it in him. And Matt, you just said you got the re-up, correct? Oh, yeah. It's on the way, baby. Mm, Almost down to the bottom of the barrel on my first 30 days worth. Oh, this just makes me so proud. This is good things. You can do this too, y'all. And they're going to make it easy for you to do. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of that immune-supporting vitamin D and five of those free travel packs that Will loves so, so much. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O Bulls. That's athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O Bulls to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance because it's Athletic Greens. You know what you do. You scoop it. You dump it. You shake it, you drink it, Thrillennium. You feel it. Mm-hmm. All here. Dave, I swear I thought you were going to say when you said your favorite number. I thought you were going to say 24 because Javante Green is looking like <laughs> athletic green last night with these insane alley-oops. I mean, good Lord, Dude, that guy is awesome. Special alley-oops, man. Seriously, you're absolutely right about that. The – uh Javante being metal as hell tweet that Mark put out earlier today was just <laughs> absolutely delicious. That, that content is just right down the middle of my alley. I loved it. Uh, it's good, good, good to know. I mean, I've, uh, I found my niche in, in the uh, the Bulls contest sphere, so uh, I'm going to try to continue doing it. Uh, yes, but Javante is giving us good content. So long as he's dunking on fools, then it's very easy for me to do my job. <laughs> and, I mean, his highlights do sync up really well with some hardcore metal. Um, yeah. <laughs> you learn something new every day. I learned that today. Uh, all right, guys, let's let's talk Vooch. Um, we've got our, our Vooch appreciating column of people here, including Mark K, one of the greatest and strongest Vooch defenders last season when Bulls Nation was trashing him. Um, we wanted to dive a little bit deeper into what we've seen from Vooch so far. Um, Joey, do you have those uh, number splits that I sent you that we can pop up here real quick, and then I'll, I'll get your guys' feedback on this? So you did see I highlighted a couple of columns there. This is Vooch last season compared to the first five this season. And you'll notice his field goal percentage is down. His three-point percentage still down from 31.5% to 28.5%. But those three columns, field uh, free throw attempts, free throw completion percentage, and what he's doing on the offensive glass are the parts of Vooch's game that I have noticed and appreciated thus far making a difference for this team. Mark, what is it with you for Vooch so far? Is it something on offense? Is it something on defense that despite his shooting numbers, you're seeing him being a winning player out there? I was going to start with the defense, to be honest with you, because I I think that's one of the areas that he's most maligned in, I think unfairly. Uh, I think he's, you know, people are too quick to react to his defense, probably for more more so based on how he looks and how he's 
barely can get off the ground and those sorts of things. Not to suggest he's a you know a good or great defender. I'm certainly wouldn't make that case, but I don't think he's as bad as what some suggest. Um, but yeah, he's I think he's been visibly better this season than he was last season. I thought he was you know average last season, did his job. Um, you know, struggled once you know you remove Lonzo and Caruso from the point of the attack, but once you put back those guys at the point of attack, now you've got Io and Caruso in there. Um, you know, Vooch has been very commendable on defense and he's been getting his hands into into the lanes, creating opportunities for the Bulls to t- uh, turn the ball over. His rebounding has been insanely good. Um, even his rim protection has been... He's had some some nice, filthy blocks to, to start this season and that's not something I'm expecting from Vooch. I don't expect that to continue, but so long as in, he's in position, then that's all I really care about. And he has been in position. Part of that is on him, but part of that is on his teammates as well. So obviously... The defensive side of the basketball um, court is all connected. You need five guys to be a good defense or four if you're Carlos Boozer. But nonetheless, like Vooch has been really good on defense. I think we have to start there because that's where he – know the, the area of where he's generally, I guess, trashed by by some fans. And the other, the other thing that I wanted to, to raise was something that I've been thinking about. Like one of the biggest topics beyond Vooch's defense that everyone was talking about last year was his three-point shooting. His three-point shooting this season is worse from a percentage point. He's actually taking slightly more threes in terms of three-point rate this season compared to last season, despite everyone telling Vooch last season that he should take less. But we haven't talked about that at all. And we haven't talked about that at all because he's doing so many good things that we're obviously going to talk about here. But yeah, I wanted to start with the defense because he's been really good on that end. Yeah, I think defensively what I've seen from him is just like meeting the ball handler a little bit higher in these pick and roll situations. Like we kind of like, you know, joked about it and and talked a lot about it last year where he was really dropping back in these pick and rolls. And Billy had that one comment in a pregame interview was like, we're not playing drop defense. Like Vooch needs to be higher. (laughs) And that was just like, not what was happening. And so this year I have seen him up meeting the ball handler at the level of the screen a lot more. And that just makes his job it makes his job so much easier i think there's also been a little bit more attention to detail from the point of attack guys maybe it's just like earlier on in the season less wear and tear a little bit more stamina but they're getting over screens i think at a a little bit higher of a level and that makes vooch look a lot better um when they're not getting beaten so badly so for him to be able to contain um he definitely gets hurt against some of those pick and pop bigs like we saw last night jalen smith and miles Mm -hmm. turner have a couple of threes um you know, various other bigs like Al Horford in the game before um, Evan Mobley. There, there's some great shooting bigs in this league. And that's still going to be a struggle when you have a guy that's like a little bit heavier footed. But for him to just be able to like stop dribble penetration a little bit further away from the basket, prevent the def- or the uh, the opposing offense from getting all the way into the teeth. And then, you know, they spray it out and you're in scramble mode and you're trying to make these rotations um, to just cut that off at the at the beginning, nip it in the bud. I think that has really made the defense look a lot better. And I think the Bulls' defense has been really good this year so far. Um, they're ninth in defensive efficiency right now. Obviously, really small sample, but like you have to like what you're seeing. And I think Vooch has been a big part of it. Yeah, a huge part of it. Um, and like you spoke about, Will, uh, his his the way he defends those three point shooters. I I don't even worry about. Um, because again, it's not normal for centers. It's more normal nowadays, but or as a whole, it's not normal for centers to be out there shooting four or five threes a game. So I'm okay with his defense on those big men. 
uh, because again, at the other end, they have to defend him. It's very hard for a center to defend all levels of a of a center. If he's the three point, the mid range, yeah. and in the post. Um, mm-hmm. If you're doing all three of those things, you're an all pro. <laughs> like, you know, you're you're MVP candidate. Like if you're doing all three of those things. Um, but with Vooch, I saw it, and I'm sure you guys saw it from the preseason. How much his defense had changed. How active. I first noticed how active he was in denying the entry pass. That was the first thing I noticed. Um, his hands were just super active, and he was using his body, and he definitely looks in a little better shape, but he was using his body in such a way to body up those guys who were trying to post him up and let them know, like, no, dude, I'm, I'm seven feet tall and really and big as hell, so this isn't going to be an easy time for you. But also using his hands to continue to be active as well to make it hard for the defender to establish position, hard for the uh, guy getting the ball, I should say, to establish position on him. I really like that from Vooch when I saw that. And he's continued that uh, on into this season. And Mark is right. Like, he's had some really awesome block shots. Um, he's not known as a shot blocker or anything like that. But, you know, if you bring it to him, again, he knows how tall he is. And he's going to put his hands up and he's going to block a shot if you bring it in there that way. And also that just plays into his defense as far as his defensive rebounding, which has always been good. But now I just really, truly see it more now because he's had games where he's had 23 rebounds and 17 rebounds. And even in the 23 rebound, when he had 13 of those were uh, defensive and 10 offensive rebounds, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, so he's doing those things. You know, that's a stop for me. You know, if you don't have the ball, you can't do anything. That's a stop. He got a rebound. That's a stop. So I'm really enjoying what he's, he's doing, starting it out on the defensive end of the ball and just being active. And, yeah, he took a lot of – heat last year for a lot of that stuff that wasn't his fault because everything was just kind of funneled to him and yeah I, I just like that he came back more determined and actually putting a little more in like I said being active with his hands and being active in trying to deny the entry pass yeah looking and on the defense like defense is entirely about trust and faith in teammates so I still think the Bulls are in drop defense. I still think Vooch is in drop defense. Will noted that he's up higher in pick and roll, which is definitely true. But Vooch can be up higher in pick and roll if he has trust and faith in those around him. Like I mentioned the point of attack, but like if you've got Io and Caruso there hounding the ball handler and you know that they can stick over those guys when you, they're going over the screen, then you as the center are more willing to be up because you're less concerned with the guy behind you, the guy that's slipping and rolling, your man maybe getting free. Similarly, like you're more prepared to be up on, on the screen if you know that back line of your defense is there to come over and help when, you're, when your guy, the five-man, sets that screen and rolls. Like last season, maybe Vooch, I, I, look, I'm speculating here, but maybe he was less inclined to be up, onto, you know, up, up at the screen because he just didn't have that level of faith or trust in his teammates, particularly after you lose Lonzo and Caruso in the second half of the season. So he's more concerned with his man you know, setting that screen rolling and then killing him on the back line from that point of view, which is, I think, a fair thing for him to be worried about last season because that was a problem. But thus far this season, maybe beyond the Cavs game, uh, the Bulls have been really good on defense. And we got a comment in here uh, from Darius Wiggins saying, you know, how, how real is this defense or how good has the Bulls defense been? Well, so far on the season through five games, the Bulls are ninth in defensive rating. I think that's pretty good. That's pretty good. If they can stay around 10 to 15 whilst hoping their offense, which has probably been more problematic than their, their defense thus far, if they can get both of those things 
at league average, like in the 10 to 15 range, you're talking about a very good basketball team. So I think their defense is real so long as they, their personnel remains. This is, a, this is a team that can't afford to lose one or two guys from a defensive point of view, as we saw last season. But coming back to my point, like it all starts with trust and faith in the guys around you. And thus far, at, at point guard, we've got some good good defensive players in there, even without Lonzo. I've, I've been, been banging on about that all offseason, but... I think that enables someone like Vooch to just be more confident in what he does defensively and the whole the whole scheme works. And, you know, uh, switching to what we've seen from Vooch offensively, uh, Cub Guy in the comments said if Vooch can just start hitting his shot, I think Io will turn more heads because it seems like Io sets him up well. Um, you know, and, and not just with pick and pop, but we've seen them establish a really quality two-man game that's gotten Vooch and or Io good looks at the rim in this first five stretch of games. Joey, do we have that one clip? that Will posted on Twitter uh, a few days back. I can't remember if it was the Cavs game, the Wizards game. But there was one really great one where it doesn't just highlight the the Io and Vooch chemistry, but Vooch moving off the ball. I think a lot of times last season, Vooch kind of got stuck as either trying to establish post position or just sitting around a three-point line. But here you see, look, it's a simple cut that Vooch mm. makes, but Io mm-hmm. finds him. Mm-hmm. It's simple. But it's movement off the ball, and Io finds him. If we can continue to see yeah. this chemistry between Io and Vooch develop, whether it's pick and pops and Vooch hopefully knocking down some threes, because we've seen him hit some this season, um, or so just simple little you. two-man game stuff like that, just like that clip that we just watched. I love so – so, it's kind of like – counterintuitive almost, but I really love the way that the Bulls are just like positioning him on the floor. Um I was passing for one has been phenomenal. And I wrote about that last yeah. night in the, in the game recap, but uh, just having Vooch in the corner, I think one, he's like a more reliable, confident spot up shooter. So when he gets those off, I think it makes a little bit more sense than, you know, Patrick even, or, or Javante or some of these guys that are a little bit more hesitant and a little bit more uh, streaky. Um, but he also just gets into these situations similar to that play. You just uh, that you just showed Joey where, you know, the ball will get swung to the wing or the corner and they'll go straight into a dribble handoff pick and roll, like an empty side pick and roll. And like Vooch will either get a baseline pop jumper or be able to get into the block on a switch. And like that is where he thrives. And then off of that, you see some more backdoor cutting. Uh, Derek Jones and Javante have been really good there on the weak side. And you like you get to see a little bit more of his playmaking from the block, but it's within the flow of the offense. I think he clearly looks way more comfortable in that situation where like some of the offense is flowing through him, but even if it's not like he's a part of the, of the offense, there's more movement. um, And like, he's just getting more scoring opportunities on different parts of the floor where, you know, a lot of, a lot of bigs, most bigs spend a lot of time in that sort of middle third of the court, that middle tunnel. Um, And that's where Vooch was a lot of last season, but it was mostly just like pick and pops. And um whether he is a high percentage good three point shooter or not, um, and I think he's a better shooter than his numbers would have suggested. But like he clearly just didn't feel comfortable in that role. And when he was getting that ball on those pick and pop scenarios, like it wasn't, you know, he didn't feel comfortable with it. And so I think that did affect his shooting ability. I I think he's gonna end up with a higher three point percentage than last year. I know it's a little bit lower right now, but I just really like the way that he's been playing. I love the way that Billy's used him. Um, it's, it's pretty creative. I don't see a lot of teams putting their, their big men in the corners like that. Um, but it seems to be working for Vooch. He, he just looks so much more comfortable out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He looks very comfortable out there. You're right. And I just, 
quickly, y'all, just that play Io did on that was so awesome. Just watching him see Vooch's man come off, but actually act like he was going to the bucket to draw both of those defenders to him and then make that pass over to Vooch. It's just awesome. That's stellar stuff, honestly. Um, but Vooch, you're right. Uh, um, Will, talking about that pick and he was doing a lot of last year. You saw him taking a lot of those mid-range buckets uh, last year and not hitting them uh, uh, often at a, at a high clip or anything like that. And that's how he would kind of start his game. He would take the first few jump shots uh, of the game. And, you know, it just reminded me of like Luke Longley or Horace Grant when they would take those first few jump shots of the game just to get themselves going. Um, but with Vooch, it's different now this year. Now it's, no, man, give it to me in the post. I'm going to get it there or we're going to, you know, run the pick and roll and I'm going to try to get these easy layups or these easy little hooks because he still has that nice touch that is really rare for a dude his size around the bucket. And seeing him doing that early and then taking that outside uh, is the game that I'm really enjoying him doing. Um, and Cub Guy also pointed out that those tip rebounds that he's doing as well. I've seen him do that more a lot this season. And he's doing a great job of that, just tipping it out and keeping the ball alive and keeping possessions alive uh, for his team. He's doing a really great job of that as well. But to not be able to have a high percentage shooting and not be able to have a high percentage um, from the three-point line, but I'm still dependent on you to be uh, 18 points, 17 points a game from you, along with double digits and rebounds, just really speaks to how smart he is on the basketball court. Like he's like, I don't, I can't do this. Well, then I'm gonna do that. Oh, this isn't working. Well, I'm gonna do that. Well, now I'm gonna add free throw shooting to this. That man had a whole game where he didn't miss a free throw. Like it was great. I watched him foul out Porzingis and put him out the game. Uh, I watched him just Horford. Like that's how he got 23 rebounds because Horford is dealing with a backyotomy and he's not coming down there in the post. So he did a great job. He does a great job of taking advantage of what is given to him now. Um, instead of not really forcing it like he would. Like he like he was in Orlando. He's like, well, this worked for me in Orlando. It should be working for me now here. He's not doing that now. He's like, okay, I tried it. Didn't work. Let's try it this way. This seems to be working a little bit better. Let's flow with it like this. That's that's a really intelligent basketball player. Yeah, definitely. And look, the one the one call out area that I would say that I'm maybe questioning the sustainability of, and and you sort of mentioned it there, Dave, is the free throw shooting. Uh, his, his free throw rate at the moment is basically 35%. His career free throw rate is 15%. Uh, so he's way, way over at the moment in that regard. I don't know if that's going to maintain. Now, obviously, a small sample size. There was one that one game where he had... Uh, yeah, I think it was attempts. just... Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's that's blowing that number out. So I'm, I'm definitely not expecting that to sustain itself. But if it can be you know, something more representative than what it was last year. Like it was only 10% last year. He's been up upwards of, you know, uh, you know, 15, 16, even 20% at some, at some stages during his Orlando career. So he, he's, he's got scope to be what he was or more than what he was last season with the Bulls. So hopefully that can can remain high-ish. That way, if, even if his jumper isn't falling, he's still being an efficient player for you. But the, the last thing I want to say about Vooch, and, and this is not something that we talk about enough, but he just has to be one of the easiest centers to play with if i am a guard like if i'm io for example and we can reference that play like that we that we looked at before but if i'm a ball handler and i know my dude is setting me some nice big uh tasty screens well one not every big does that so that, that that's important to have 
But a lot of bigs can't do what Vooch can do on offense, whether it's rolling, whether it's popping, whether it's using him as a as a passer. Like just knowing if I'm the ball handler and I'm I'm in pick and roll with Vooch, that I have all these additional options that I wouldn't have with someone else. Like even Andre Drummond, for example. Like Drummond has been really good for the Bulls this season, but there's only you, you've got certain limitations in, in what you can do if you're the ball handler playing pick and roll with Andre Drummond compared to someone like Vooch. So I think. You know, even when Vooch himself isn't having a good game, just his mere present, his mere talent, he makes it so much easier if you are the on-ball guy, whether you're Io, DeRozan, Levine, whoever you are. Like, I think that's just something that we don't speak about enough and maybe something that's not appreciated enough because mm-hmm. it's the small intangible stuff that we maybe just ignore when someone's two for eight or whatever the situation may be. Yeah, the, I would say the other piece of that for me is that the guard play has really improved and I think that makes life yeah. a lot easier for Vooch to be able to like do the things that he's good at. So we, we talked about Aya. There was a play that stood out last night where they were running a little side pick and roll and Io just like got the, def- it was a, uh, I think I broke down the play in, um, in my write up. So there's like a more detailed breakdown of it in there, but essentially what happened was uh, Io was coming off a screen. Halliburton jumped it. So Io uh, wisely switched directions. I went back to his right hand there on the right side of the court and um, at that point, it's a two-on-one, right? So uh, Vooch's man is containing both Vooch and Io. And as soon as Isaiah Jackson stepped over to try to contain the ball, pocket pass, and Vooch had it. And I didn't get the assist on this play because Vooch hit uh, Kobe in the corner for a three. But it just, like, that's the kind of play where, yes, you probably can see Vooch making those kinds of passes throughout the course of the game. But when you have really good guard play like that, and you just see, like, the, the steps that Io is taking as a on-ball pick-and-roll creator. Um, Dragic is another example of somebody who's just been so freaking good at it. I think Zach has improved a lot there as well. Uh, to be able to get the ball to Vooch in spots where then he can go ahead and make the play, it's like creating the advantage so that Vooch can create the next advantage. Um, I just, I think you gotta, it's 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 like a whole ecosystem thing. And I think you gotta shout out the guards there too for putting Vooch in a position to to show off what he can do passing the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, appreciate all y'all's thoughts on Pooch. Hopefully, we see him continue to just absolutely do his thing for the Bulls this season and bring up that shooting percentage just a bit. Um, we're uh, going to wrap things up in just a minute by taking a look around the league, some teams that are piquing our interest through the first week or so of games. But first, uh, Big Dave, there's still some quality golf weather mm-hmm. days left in Chicago. Tell the people how they can get ready for the links. Pins and aces. That's how the hell you get ready. I don't know why I'm so excited about golf. I just say, but it's not golf. It's the actual products that pins and aces has because they make those amazing polos, hats, the golf bags. And of course, I should just call this the Matt Peck item of the decade, the beer sleeve, that innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag to keep the drinks cold the entire round. So the next time Will is on the link, and he got to bring Matt, and Matt starts complaining because he's going to do that. Will can just go ahead into the beer sleeve and say, here's a frosty cold one, and then everything will be quite all right. So check out pinsandaces.com. Use that promo code CHGO and receive 15% off your first order. And just because you're awesome and beautiful, you'll get free shipping too. Get two of them things, y'all. All you got to do, pinsandaces.com. Go ahead and save yourself some money and look good. Because when you play good, you look good. And when you look good, 
It's all good. Today's episode also brought to you guys by our friends at DraftKings. NBA fans, the wait's over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, and our official sports betting partner at CHGO. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. And check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone could boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay tonight. We got a pretty awesome slate of games tonight. We got Mavs Nets at 6.30. Then we got Heat Warriors at 9. There's some great, solid stuff. I mean, like Grizzlies Kings, you got Fox versus Ja tonight. All kinds of fun betting action. Clippers Thunder? Like, even that game has fun betting written all over it. So, Mm -hmm. download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHGO. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with that promo code CHGO. All right, gentlemen, with our allotted time remaining, wanted to look around and kind of talk about a few other teams in the league that are piquing our interest uh, so far this season for either good reasons or bad reasons. Uh, Dave, let's start with you. Yeah. Oh, man, well, you know, feels good to say this. Well, not the team, but just the player. But the Utah Jazz, watching the Utah Jazz play basketball has been fun for me, which is something I have not said maybe ever in my life. <laughs> but it's been entertaining because I've been able to watch my man Lowry marketing. Now, everybody knows I've had residency on Lowry Island for a very long time. I left the island. You know what I'm saying? I had to get away because it was it was surrounded. Water was just surrounding it it was time to go but the tide has gone away and now when as soon as i heard as soon as i heard and matt can attest to this mark k matt can attest to this as soon as i heard that man was going to utah i told matt matt he's home this is exactly where he should be this is the perfect place for him that dude is home all right and he has shown it every single game honestly since he's been there it's been it's been the lowry you see in finland like when I sit there and watch his games and the games I used to, when he was a bull and I would watch those Finland uh, highlights and get angry because I'm like, how the hell aren't you doing that here? Well, you seeing him doing that in Utah, man. He just looks so comfortable. Um, they're utilizing him in everything. You, you've seen him, them doing everything that most teams were trying to do with him, uh, allow him to bring the ball up, uh, set up the offense, uh, get down in the post, uh, the three point shot, you know, all those things. Were, are now being utilized uh, to his advantage over in uh, Utah. It's just clicking for him nicely over there. He's averaging 22 and 8, basically 22 and 9, three assists a game. And he's he's just such a vital, important piece for them. And it's just fun to watch, man, for me. It's just fun to watch Lowry be comfortable in himself and in his game and have a little flavor when he goes up. You knew it was comfortable when he dunked on Rudy Gobert. That's oh when you my. knew it was it was seriously comfortable for that dude because just the the, the cockiness with it that he did and and he's not doing the Lowry disappearing that that we've seen you know he'd have that game and then you would see him just disappear and by disappear you know he wouldn't score like that but then he would disappear into the corner and just shoot threes for the rest of the game you ain't seeing that this season so far with Lowry marketing man 
I'm seeing the Lowry that I thought that he was going to be. And it's just good to see, man. And it's translating into wins uh, for that team. I think they're four and one, three and one or four and one uh, right now. So he and uh, Jordan Clarkson and uh, Conley. Yeah, it, it seems to be meshing well with them so far. You think he and that team are for real with this early start? No. No. <laughs> I think even if they are for real, Danny Ainge is about to trade Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson and Malik yes. Beasley so fast <laughs> that they're not going to be for real much longer. Exactly. It's, Lowry's the only one staying. You know what I mean? He's the only one that will be on the team. Um, and maybe but it's because he knows it's, it's, it's about him that maybe that's why he feels so comfortable because he knows it's on him, period. It doesn't matter if Jordan Clarkson takes the ball and doesn't pass it to anybody for six minutes. Lowry knows that he's the option, number one, on, the, on that squad. And maybe that's helping him. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting about that team is because, like, you know, Col uh, Colin Sexton seemed like he could have been sort of the prize jewel, obviously, outside of the picks yeah. um, of that True. deal. But really, it has been Lowry. And, you know, he is a featured piece, but there's still – a lot of talent around him to where he can, you know, take advantage of that. Like Kelly Olenek has been playing really well. Jared Vanderbilt is True. just amazing. Like he's probably going to be, you know, an all defensive caliber player. Um, they just have, yeah, they have a lot of pieces. They have good wing defense. They've got shooting. And yeah, I think when you put guys in a situation where there's just, it's easy to score because there's so much talent and shooting and spacing around you. And also like, it's a good reminder to us that like players do not fully develop by the age of 21 or 22. And, you know, it takes, Oh, it takes careful. We don't want to trigger Mark. Longer. We don't want to trigger Mark. I, I don't we see how that could be triggering. Like there. Yes. I'm triggered. I'm, I'm triggered that we're falling for a five game sample for Larry market. Like we've been here. We've been burnt before friends. I know it's not and, February right now, but come on. I ain't seen this. Could, man. Not could, this bro. This Okay, but okay, I it hear could, you. It could but totally this be different. Hill, but like, th <laughs> it could. Like, these are flashes of him being a really good player, and whether that sustains is a different question. But like, that—that's something yeah. that you can't really say for some of the other, uh, you know, former Bulls draft picks who haven't really done that. Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll wait a month then for you, Mark. I'll, I'll wait till uh, November. Lowry ends, and then I'll go to <laughs> December, and, and then we'll, we'll see. We'll see what we got. I'm going to need 30 games. None of this five-game nonsense. I got burnt in February of 2019 or whatever it was. I said some wild things about Larry that I deeply regret. <laughs> I, uh, I, I I can't come back from that now, but I'm, I'm not going back in now. That, that's the, that's the, the minimum requirement here. I need 30 games, Larry, before I believe. Yeah, right. and there, I mean, uh, the does, last, does that mean you're also going to give is... Matt 30 games before declaring that he's officially trash? Hey, I haven't done that. I haven't done that. Maybe some meatheads have, but I haven't done that. I'm There's a difference between Pat. playing well and being good, and I think that's where we're at with both of those guys. Like, there's a difference between exactly. playing poorly exactly. and being bad. Yeah, yeah. Like he, uh, he looks sure now. It's different. It just, I don't know. It feels different. But you're right. It's early, but it feels different. Yeah, we 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 have seen a, a sample size this large or even larger from Lowry before, where he mm -hmm. played this well. What about you, Mark? Which team's mm -hmm. catching your eye? Well, I mean, you guys picked one in the in the rundown, but I'm I'm breaking. The uh, system here by selecting three, and I'll touch on them quickly. But like the first one that I'm actually like, uh, and I'm not the only one in this, but like, like the Pelicans, uh, they look pretty goddamn amazing. And, and the win that they had the other day, 
without Zion, without Ingram, without Herb Jones, three starters, three of your best players to beat the Mavericks. Uh, like that was a legit win. Yeah. And just really highlighted like how yeah. deep this how deep this team is. And they're like they're young guys that they have are really, really impressive. The way they all fit together, they all, the way they all know their role, despite being, uh, you know, playing around, you know, maybe better talent like guys like Zion and Ingram, guys like Dyson, Dyson Daniels, Australia's own Dyson Daniels, like just come in, play a role and found a way to impact the rotation. Herb Jones did that last season. Yeah, just a really, really nice team. So uh, I, I'm actually quite scared about the Pelicans and they obviously... Uh, did some interesting things against the Bulls in preseason, but that team, if it can remain healthy, and that, that's the trick. Obviously, Ingram's got a concussion. Zion's missed a game or two already. Not serious stuff, but at the same time, you don't want to see those guys missing games. But, I mean, CJ McCollum as well. It's very similar to the DeRozan trade in that sense. He's just been a stabilizing force for that young team. So I love everything the Pelicans are doing, and I hope they can sustain this because that would be a really fun story. But just, just want to quickly touch on the Suns and the Spurs. I mean, the Suns... I assume we're going to implode based on how everything has been going for them <laughs> thus far. But the reverse has happened. They look like the same old Suns now. Obviously, regular season mm-hmm. games doesn't really matter at this point for them, given what they did last season. But like I said, I just assumed things would just completely fall off after DeAndre and after the ownership issues, after all of the nonsense that they've gone through with Jay Crowder and their offseason haven't really added to their team. But again, they found another Australian in Jock Londale, who's uh, Landale rather, who's playing really good for them <laughs> as backup center. So I have to give them some love. But um, and the other team connecting it back to the Bulls, the Spurs are three and two, and they're getting it done because Calvin Johnson and Devin Vassell look pretty damn good on the wing there. So whilst I'm glad or potentially glad that if Zach rests, that he rests that knee, like get that rest if you need it. I don't think we should be taking the Spurs too lightly because they've been pretty good this season thus far, and you know they beat yes. the Sixers and. Sixers haven't been impressive this season, but nonetheless, like this, for the Spurs to go and get that W, that's that's impressive. So uh, the Bulls, hopefully they don't take it too easy against the Spurs tomorrow because uh, they, may, they might make them look a little foolish. Yeah. Yo, I be, was laughing, Rob, because I, I was noticing the theme. I was noticing the theme <laughs> in your first two teams, bro. That's why I was laughing. There was a little theme. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> What about what about you, Will? What what do you sketch your eye? I wanted to call out the Blazers. Uh, one because they are just on fire right now. They're four and one. Uh, Damian Lillard is back. He had like back to back forty point games, and Top I just in the I love in scoring so far. I love Dame, and so I'm really happy that he was able to come back and play like that. Uh, Anthony Simons had yeah. a like six straight three in the third quarter night the other night. Um, Jeremy Grant trade is working out. Shane Sharp is awesome. Like I just, I really like what they're doing over there. Nurkic is is starting to get back to his old self, and they're not this good. Like they, they're um, around fifteenth in net rating, offensive and defensive rating, um, and so they're they're not gonna. They're yeah, they're twelfth in net rating. Um, they're not gonna be this good through the course of the season, but it's important because the Bulls have their pick lottery protected. Um, until 2028 if it if it conveys you know if it doesn't convey before then um but like this is i feel like this is kind of the year for that pick to potentially convey just because like dame is 32 he's getting older um you never know what direction a team like that is going to take and in a draft where the bulls are in all likelihood not going to have their own pick um and, and it's a deep draft and a really talented draft 
I mean, that could be huge to get a mid to late first round pick out of this. So I'm keeping my eye on the Blazers all year round, not only because they're a fun team with one of the coolest superstars in the league, um, but they, they also have some good young talent and their ability to perform at a high level could heavily influence or impact the Bulls, you know, come draft time. So keep an eye on them. It's a, it's a really mm-hmm. cool start to the season for them. And I think a feel good story when you think about it, just in the last couple of years, how much drama um, and scandal that Blazers organization has been embroiled in. And uh, all, all the while wondering is Dame finally going to ask out and the fact that he's continuing to double down and after a tough year dealing with injuries and whatnot, say, Hey, I'm still Dame Lillard and I'm still wearing a Blazers Jersey and get off to a mm-hmm. start like this is, is really cool. And you're also, of course, will correct to point out the, the implications for Bulls fans. If that Blazers team actually says, no, we're a playoff team. The West is stacked, but we're a playoff team. Damn it. Um, it's very, very fascinating how they've started. Um, I wanted to highlight a team in the East um, and a team that we have on deck this weekend. After San Antonio, we got to play a Philly 76ers. Uh, Joey, can you just quickly play that clip I sent you uh, of this transition defense the Sixers displayed in their game the other night? And shout out to our guy, Stefano, who's the one who posted this on Twitter. Um, Yikes. The Sixers are off to a rough start. I think they're one in four. um, And we all know what they were going to be certainly offensively, but watch this. Okay. Harden gets his shot stripped. Watch this transition defense. The, the Raptors even lose oh, control man. of the ball and give Wide Philly open. a chance to get back defensively. And then you just see five guys just sort of meandering slowly back the other way. I mean, this is oh, un- unacceptable. Look at that. Oh, Look man. at that. Oh, man. And here's, here's the thing to me. The Sixers are not an offensive rebounding team. They are, as of right now, the worst offensive rebounding team in the NBA. They are also not a team that plays with great pace. As of right now, they have the slowest pace in the NBA. It's like 94 is their pace of play right now. So if you don't play fast and you don't crash the offensive glass, what the F is your excuse to not get back and play some transition defense? You don't have one. There's no excuse. And between that and the way that Maxi has been marginalized when Harden's on the floor, I just don't really understand what's going on in Philly right now. I'm already feeling good about my bet with Mark that they are not going to win the Eastern Conference Finals. But what I am feeling bad about is at least picking them to finish as the East top seed. I like the reason yeah. I made that bet with you, Mark, is because I've never believed in Harden or Embiid as playoff closers, and I was like, "Well, that's an automatic win." But I at least thought that they were going to be a team that racks up wins in the regular season based on sheer talent alone. I also now don't feel great about picking Embiid for MVP. Like, I don't think this is just a sluggish start. Maybe Doc Rivers is finally going to get looked at through a closer lens and say maybe he's part of the problem. But with all the talent that team has on paper, I. This first five games of them, woof. And now it's like, oh, no, I do not believe Embiid's going to be the MVP, and I do not believe that this Philly team is going to be the one seed. And it took me five games to change my mind about that. You you referenced our bet there, Matthew, and I, I, I cannot go on record trashing Larry Franz. Dave, I apologize for not believing in Larry after five games because me, the absolute idiot, 
suggested that the Sixers were going to win the East and made a bet with Matt. But what an absolute douchebag I am. So I take that back, Dave. If you want to go in all in on Larry after five games, you're more than welcome because I took the freaking foolish Sixers without even seeing them play one game and assumed that they would win the East. What an absolute tool bag I was. So I apologize to I apologize to you, Dave. I apologize to Lowry. Anyone else who feels good about Lowry, I'm an idiot. I apologize. You know what's so wild is teams that are off to the good start, we're like, yeah, that's going to even out. But the teams are off to a bad start, we're like, oh, shit, it's over. Like, you know, it, it's no balance at all. But it, I mean, it the, the 0 4 Lakers are category. for real, like, terrible. They're terrible. Oh, the Lakers are for real. Yeah, no, they're for real. That's true. They're, they're for real bad. <laughs> they're for real. Well, there, real, yeah, I mean, there's bad, a difference bad. between, like, doing something that we absolutely did not expect and doing something that we absolutely did expect. And the Lakers are doing exactly what we expected. And the Sixers and the Jazz are like completely on the opposite ends of the spectrum in ways that we could not have ever foreseen. Nobody could have. Like who even after five games had had it Jazz, Blazers, Suns, Pelicans, and Grizzlies as your top five? Like who had that? Like who who had Bucks, Celtics, Knicks, Hawks, and Wizards as the top five in the East? Who had that? You know what I mean? Like it's it's so weird. Celtics, yeah. Okay, sure. But – yeah, yeah keep going. Keep going. Absolute, absolute <laughs> nonsense. Um, although my my Brooklyn finishing worse than the Bulls in the East prediction so far is looking pretty good because that Brooklyn team is yeah, a mess. True. They're yeah, uh, they're playing the Dallas tonight. Can't wait to watch that game. All right, we uh, we are out of time. We've gone overtime, and we got to let Joey go because he's got White Sox coming up on deck. Stay tuned on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel for a fresh CHGO Sox with our guys Vinny, John. Herb. Uh, in the meantime, until tomorrow night, you can catch us on Twitter. Will underscore Gottlieb, MK Hoops, Bow, BWL Sports, Bulls underscore Peck, We are CHO underscore Bulls. 7.30 Central Time tip-off tomorrow night against San Antonio, so that means 7 p.m. pregame. We will see you there. Hit that thumbs up button before you head out and make sure you're subscribed to the CHO Sports YouTube channel. For Joey, Will, Mark, and Big Dave, I'm Peck. Thanks, y'all, for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow night. Bulls and Spurs. See Red be good. You know that thing you've always been too scared to go for? It seems like you'll never have the guts. Then a cancer diagnosis. And doing that thing becomes way less scary. I would know. I've always wanted a black belt. And today, the only thing standing in my way is a few wooden boards. It's been a lot of hard work and five years since I beat cancer at Ohio Health. Bring it on. You keep making plans. Visit OhioHealth.com slash keep making plans to learn more.